The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron Lad. Oh, he did it. No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, bro? I'm feeling good. Mark, how are you? I'm good. Did you get the pre-show uh, nap in today? No pre-show nap. I was just, I was just on a mission all day. It was supposed to be an off day, but. Ended up turning to like a semi-work day, so I didn't I didn't get the pre-show nap in. What about you? I got it in, man. You know I get it in, bro. <laughs> That's because you work early, right? Yeah, I work super early. Can you tell the folks what you do and 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 who they're messing with when you get up early in these days? Because you know you be keeping that on the down low, but, but but really it's real cool. You should talk about that more. Oh uh, yeah, so um, I do I do production behind the scenes on Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. I get up at 4 a.m. Pacific time because <laughs> the show starts out here at 6.30. So I help with, you know, the production, the script, writing, the graphics, you know, B-roll. I'm a little bit of everything, man. Wait, so you really are Skip Bayless's ghostwriter is what is what I'm hearing from this entire oh, day. No, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> We're not going to do that. <laughs> No, everything they say come off the top, man. It's very uh, organic. It's very organic. Yeah, they definitely have a chemistry. It's uh, it's cool though. But it's uh, it's cool, man. The last time since the last time we talked, I feel like a lot has happened. I've been outside, been went to a couple concerts. Uh, the Braves clinched. Everybody knows I'm a Braves fan in here. The Braves clinched. A lot, a lot's been going on, man. Yeah, who'd you see last night? I forgot. I saw it on your timeline. So we record on what Wednesdays. Last Thursday, I went to see Gibeon. That was a nice little vibe. It was at the Midland, uh, okay. kind of near P and L down there. It was nice, nice little ratio in, in the room in the building. And uh, last night, I saw Pusha T. That was at that's what it was. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was in Truman. It was a uh, it was it was an interesting crowd in there. That was my first time seeing a show there, but it was cool. What do you mean by interesting crowd? You know, it was a Tuesday. It's all you you never can't you know. A Tuesday concert, you never know what, what mood people are in. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. He put on a good show, though? Yeah, it was solid, man. And um, 
You know, he showed love to KC. He said a lot of people usually skip KC, which people warned me about when I moved here. It's like, yo, it's a country music city. I don't know if you're getting exactly what you're listening <laughs> for. We actually had a we actually had a low key Arrowhead Pride night out. I was sitting at a I was sitting at a little little spot in Waldo. I won't say where. No free clout. But uh, I sit down within five minutes of sitting down in walks in Pete Sweeney and, and, and Serta himself, our producer here. It was cool, man. Oh, so that wasn't planned. It wasn't planned. It was just, it was just for the moment. We should have called you because it was uh, everybody. You were the last you were the last one missing. You were the missing piece. Oh, man, that's crazy. Wow. The vibrations, man. Y'all just link up at the same spot in Waldo. We'll see. The problem is, is that we're all kids from Kansas City, and you know, you're you're not anymore. We, we hey, that's wild we, for you to say on rest- a record. <laughs> that's wild for you to say on a recorded uh, podcast. Like, I'm gonna send that to your Georgia people, bro. That's crazy. Rest- hey, Serta, clip that no. part. Clip that, Serta. Clip that. We've, I need that. We restricted your access to the city. Nah, Serta was cool. Pete was cool. Serta actually mentioned. Uh, that last episode, episode 26 of Coast to Coast, was his favorite episode so far. I thought that was cool to hear, man. Definitely. Oh, okay. Okay, nice. Definitely nice, nice. cool to hear that. Uh, got some reviews coming in. This one off Twitter from Sean and Casey Moe. There he says, quote, he doesn't drop anything but punts. I think this from last week's episode, talking about Sky Moore. Uh, Mark Gunnell's quote there, I love when Arrowhead Pride drops new episodes of Chiefs. Coast to coast. Love hearing from y'all wherever y'all want to leave the reviews. Twitter, Instagram, find us there. If you want to leave them on the podcast platform pages, that always helps too. The five star ratings there, Apple, wherever y'all get in the podcast. We love to hear from y'all. Love to make y'all part of the show. And uh, tell us your favorite moments, man. It's, it's cool to hear from y'all. Yeah, absolutely, man. We love the feedback. We're on episode 27 now, right? Yes, sir. 2-7. Who, who are the great athletes in sports that have, that have 2-7? I was trying to think That's of that the, for the show. Uh, was, Eddie George, was Eddie George 2-7? I can't remember. Well, you know, Kareem Hunt was 27. Uh, uh, <laughs> Eddie George is confirmed 2-7. And so, yeah. Okay. okay. We got to go. We're on the Eddie George. The, the Eddie George. Uh, yeah, 27 <laughs> is a weird number. I feel like there's not too many greats that were 27. What was your sports number? I mean, it just depends, bro. It changed every year. <laughs> that, be, that, be, that means you never really had a stable number. You weren't you weren't part of the you were I mean, but if you want, no, stop, stop. I'm I'm talking about because I play a lot of different sports. So, you know. <laughs> but if my ideal number, if I had like my free choice, would be 15. I love 15 for some reason. Oh, that's that's not surprising. Your 15 underwear is still going on, and that actually leads perfectly wow. into our first topic here: Chiefs Bucks recap. Kansas City getting it done, 41 31. They improved to three and one. The first thing I wrote down was Mahomes magic, man. I did no stats, no numbers. Nothing really more than that. Patrick Mahomes has one of those crazy highlight plays that you'll think about when you think about his time in KC in this matchup. Yeah, man. I mean, it seems like every other week or so he adds to his highlight reel for his career. It's really crazy how long it is already, considering he hasn't even played that long. But, yeah, that play was crazy, man. Cause I thought he was honestly going to run into the end zone. That's what it looked like he was going to do. And then at the last second, he decided to do a spin move. And at that point, he even said in one of his uh, – what was after the game, he said he didn't have enough uh, juice to boost up the speed again after the spin. So he saw Clyde in the back of the end zone, did a little Steph Curry floater in the lane, man. I mean, that was crazy. 
Yeah, one of those plays that reminds you just how special he is. Andy Reid talked about it post-game. Don't take it for granted. And then I thought Clyde's comments about, yo, this is just – this is my third year with Mahomes. Um, you know, just playing with him, knowing where he's going to be, how he's going to react in certain situations. That's what you get when you have chemistry. And, I mean, just don't take it for granted. I'll echo what, what Big Red had to say there. Um Moving along, trying to recap this this Sunday night football game, Andy Reid and a lot of the players post game not only talked about Shaq Barrett, Shaq Barrett's comments, which I think were it's funny how he's walking that back a little bit now, but also Reid challenging the trenches. And I thought for the most part, Kansas City responded absolutely uh, up front and running the football. Uh, the numbers there uh, show it. But Mark, what'd you see as far as Andy Reid challenging the trenches and, and, and Kansas City responding? Yeah, man. I mean. When you say something like that, you give a team bulletin board material like Shaq Barrett did, you know, guys have pride, you know. I mean, they they get paid just like you do. So they obviously saw that. I don't care if they try to deny it and say they didn't. They see everything. They saw it. And they obviously still have that taste in their mouth uh, from the Super Bowl as a team, as a unit. Obviously not the offensive line because it's a whole different unit. But just the team in general, the leaders, like even Patrick Mahomes said, you know, he didn't really feel it until he got into the arena, to the stadium. And he was like, oh, all those bad memories are coming back from that Super Bowl two years ago. So I think it came from the top down, obviously, with Andy Reid. We know that he was on their, on their behind after that Colts game, which was a disaster. I think we're going to look back at it, and that was going to be that game that was clearly their worst game of the season once we review the year back in uh well heading into February because I think they're gonna be in the Super Bowl. But anyway, yeah. I, I digress. Um I, I'm really impressed. I think they did a really good job. Mahomes had a clean pocket for the most part. And how about the run game? I mean that's what really got things going because the Bucks, they're really hard to run on. I mean before that game, you would say they're the hardest team in football to run on. And the Chiefs gashed them for almost 200 yards on the ground. So, I mean, if they're doing that, this team is probably going to be unstoppable. Because if they're running the ball like that and you still got Patrick Mahomes and the creativity of Andy Reid in the passing game and Travis Kelsey, good luck beating this team. Yeah, my point is, is exactly what you, what you pointed on about Indianapolis. So much of the conversation – after Indy was on special teams. And I get that. Special teams, quote-unquote, lost that game if you want to point the finger. You don't expect special teams to ever lose you a game. And Dave Toe, known as one of the best coordinators in the league, uh, he had an uncharacteristic day. He had a bad Sunday. But Kansas City got beat in the trenches that game, and that also contributed to that loss. And a lot of the discourse from the, the Chiefs after this game was, I thought it was funny, Mahomes saying, well, we felt like this Tampa game was one that would help get our season back on track. Uh, at two and one, I don't know if anybody thought KC was off the rails or, or off the rails, but um, I thought, especially along the trenches, there was room for improvement, and they showed that specifically in this Tampa game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as far as getting back on track, at least in my mind, I, I do agree with that because – Losing the Colts game, that was a game on paper you're not supposed to lose. So now you have to yeah. steal a now you have to steal a game that you probably could see yourself losing before the season, right? Like if we looked at the schedule before the year after four games, three and one sounds right. You know, maybe even you would have said two and two, but three and one sounds about right. But you lost one that you didn't expect to, so you had to make up for that. And I think they did that. So now you're three and one. 
the first quarter is done, even though it's kind of weird to say that now because there's 17 games, so the math is a little I off like it. You know, I've still been trying to break but, it up there. Yeah, yeah, it kind of makes it weird now with that 17th game, but we'll still say the first quarter is over with. And now you head into the second quarter, and we talked about all offseason how that first seven, eight games is the toughest in NFL history and all of that stuff. Now you have three more games before the bye. You have the Raiders, the Bills, and the Niners. If you win at least two of those three games, you're five and two heading to the bye. I think before the year, we will take that in a heartbeat. You talked about threes, and I want to update the tight end and running back rooms for Kansas City in threes. For the tight ends, it's all three tight ends that were active scoring. Travis Kelsey has the big day uh, with 10 targets, 9 catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. But also Noah Gray gets the the sneaky run in, and Jody Fortson gets the the, the touchdown catch as well. Uh, what do you make of the, the, the tight end room before we transition to the running backs? Yeah, I mean, it's the best tight end room in the league. Obviously, it gets a major boost when you have the best tight end in the league and Travis Kelsey. But I mean, Jody Forston has a couple touchdowns already this year. Noah Gray got in the end zone. And I just really love the diversity of the room. And I'm not even counting Blake Bell, who's not even playing right now. And he's one of the best blocking tight ends in football. So, I mean, the depth there is insane. I love how you have a couple guys below Kelsey that are much younger that, you know, as Kelsey gets older, ideally you want his snaps to go down a little bit and incorporate a Fortson and Gray more so you can keep his longevity going, right? Because he's not going to be playing at this high level forever. I know we're so used to it right now, so make sure you enjoy it because, you know, Travis Kelsey, he's he's slowly getting up there. He's still not, I wouldn't say he's an old man. 32. I think it's his birthday today, 33. Yeah, well, he's 33 now. Happy yeah, birthday, 33 Travis. To, yeah, Travis. Happy birthday to Travis. So he's 33 now. So it's not going to last forever, Chiefs Kingdom. So make sure you cherish Travis Kelsey as much as you can while we got him, man. But, yeah, I love the tight end room in general. I mean, Kelsey always raves about it and says it's the best. And how can I disagree with him? I mean, name another team out there that has three different tight ends that have gotten in the end zone already through four weeks. Yeah, it was cool to see him kind of move up the, the record books. He passed Gronk for fifth most receiving yards by a tight end in league history going from the tight end room to the running back room now uh big days for Clyde and Pacheco 19 carries 92 yards and a touchdown for Clyde Pacheco goes 11 carries 63 yards on the evening I, I looked at the snap share as well not just the the, the box score Clyde gets 45 snaps 56 percent of the uh, offensive snaps there McKinnon gets 18 and Pacheco gets 17 I mean the efficiency from Pacheco uh, and the ferociousness and the ferocity in which he runs, I know gets uh, Chiefs Kingdom excited and probably you as well. Yeah, man. He brings a whole different dynamic to this running back room. Absolutely. With his strength, his speed. I mean, he never goes down on first contact. And I think you can also incorporate him a little bit more in the passing game, which I think we're going to see moving forward. But yeah, man. And I, they said this on the broadcast, too, during the game on Sunday Night Football. Shout out to NBC. They mentioned how you can kind of tell that CEH has a different spring in the step when he comes in the game now because he feels that pressure. You know, they drafted this guy in the seventh round. So, you know, a seventh round pick typically isn't a guy that you count on to get reps, especially this early in the season. So considering that he's already getting these snaps, 
CEH is like, oh man, they really like this kid, right? So naturally as a competitor and not in a bad way, I think it's healthy competition because they still congratulate each other and show love. There's no envy there from what I can tell. So I think it's a healthy competition. It pushes one another to be better. And don't forget, Aaron, do you remember during the summer after he got drafted, Pacheco said, I'm here to take a grown man's job. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm, I missed that one. Oh, you didn't, you didn't see that quote? You got to throw that up on the jumbo truck. Oh, man. How'd you miss that? I thought we talked about it. Nah, I missed that one. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about the Chiefs just running attack as a whole. I, I know we're going to talk a lot about the position battle as the weeks go on because Pacheco was impressive. Uh, but I'm looking at Chiefs overall rushing versus their opponents overall rushing. And this is obviously just through four games. The Chiefs have 468 yards on the ground versus their opponents just having 263, about four and a half yards per carry for Kansas City versus about three and a half for opponents. Uh, and then about 117 rushing yards per game. I mean, if I told you that before the season, um, when we were talking about Kansas City being more balanced and asking them to commit to the run a little bit more, through four games with this Neapolitan backfield, as we I've written about before, before on Arrowhead Pride, it looks like they're committed to that, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. And I put that on the Jumbotron for you. You see it? I do see that. That's from Briscoe. Wow. Yeah, man. Pacheco came in hot, bro. That's in April. Oh. <laughs> I'm ready to take a grown man's job. How do you think CEH felt when he heard that before I answer your question? Uh, and I'm going to talk CEH later in the show. So maybe this okay. teases wanna, it a little bit wanna, further, Okay, we'll tease it. We'll tease I'm going to we'll be, it. I'll just say this. I don't think he's taking a grown man's job yet. Okay. I mean, is he trending that way? It looked like he's trending that way. But CEH is playing good as well, though. That's why it's hard. I don't think it's trending that way, and it's because of what you said. The competition has bred. Uh, it has risen CEH's game, and as long as he stays healthy, there will be a role for him in this offense. Point no, period. Absolutely. But, no, to answer your question real quick, we got a little off track. Yeah, man, I'm really, really excited. I'm really thrilled. I'm still um, going to be a little cautious because it is Andy Reid. So I want to see how long does he really stick with it, this balanced attack. But I was very impressed. But one thing I will notice, though, about Andy Reid, and I will defend him on this, even though it didn't happen in that Bengals game, which is still bizarre to me. Typically, when the Chiefs start off doing well in the run game in the first quarter, the first half, he typically stays with it for the most part throughout the game. Like, I noticed, remember that Bills game a couple years ago where they ran, like, 40 times or something crazy like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like – when they typically get off to a hot start, he typically stays with it. So I will give him that. Um, I think he has to lean into it, continue to do it, man, because it's offensive line. That's their strength, especially a guy like Orlando Brown, who came from Baltimore, who was a heavy run scheme system. So, yeah, they're good in pass pro as well, but their strength is getting ugly and pushing grown man five yards backwards like they did Vita Vea all day Sunday. The Chiefs running game has been impressive through four games. So has the Chiefs defense. I want to touch on that as we wrap up Chiefs Bucks here. But first, shout out at Miss Joe New on Twitter. Says she's uh, rocking and tapped in with Chiefs coast to coast. I see her. Uh, that's a nice little card there. All right. Shout out. That's Kingdom Queens too. Yeah, that, that's the homie right there. I've the seen them been doing their thing. Salute that. Chiefs defense through four games, and, and this was from Matt Verderam on Twitter, does a lot of good work covering the Kansas City Chiefs. He stripped out garbage time drives against Kansas City's defense, and he categorizes that as the fourth quarter with the Chiefs up double digits. 
And he says these are the Chiefs rank Chiefs ranks defensively if you strap strip out that time. Ah. Yards per play, fifth in the league. Points allowed per game around 17. That would also be fifth in the league. Yards per drive, uh, about 27, seventh in the league, and then points per drive, uh, a hair under two, which is 14th. So all top ranks uh, for the Chiefs defense through four weeks. Are we underrating what they've done for this team so far, Mark? Yes, slightly. I, I do think, think so still, too. Yeah, I think, I think they're so still too. getting the credit. And I think the 31 is very misleading. I'm glad you brought up some context with the stats. Because, you know, you look at that game Sunday, you know, oh, well, the Bucks did score 31 points. And before that game, their offense was struggling a lot. Well, also, we have to keep in mind, in two of those first three games, Tom Brady didn't have his weapons as well. There was no Godwin. Julio Jones has been in and out the lineup as well. So, you know, they obviously had everybody back. Even Mike Evans missed the game because of that suspension. So, yeah, but still, even with that said, the 31 is obviously misleading because all those touchdowns they scored, they were down by at least two touchdowns every time. They were down by at least two possessions. So it's not like they were really putting game pressure on the defense. And obviously, when you get a big lead, you play a little bit more safer and just keep everything in front of you. So he got a lot of garbage yards. He ended up with, what, 385? So, yeah, I'm not really putting much stock into that. And considering the defense is playing this well, without, in my mind, their best corner already, I know he's only a rookie, Trent McDuffie, and then your best coverage linebacker in Willie Gay. And those guys should be coming back really, really soon. So, I mean, they can even reach another level, Aaron. That's the scary part. That's really what I was going to use to echo your points. They they haven't really fully played with their active guys, the guys that you would say on paper are our position one or our uh, defense one. Um, If you're Andy Reid, and I think he even got asked this, it was either the Monday presser or postgame, you know, what makes him most proud about what the defense has done through four games. And he just mentioned the play of the young guys. When that Jalen Watson play wins you the L.A. game and uh, contributions that you've had uh, from guys have just really, uh, you know, it's it's we talked about previously on this platform. OK, Steve Spagnuolo's defenses usually start slow. You can pencil them in uh, to give up a lot of yards. The offense is going to have to win you a game. And it's almost been the exact opposite. The defense has kept you in games uh, and, we, and we've gotten. Um, some some key contributions from from young guys. Um, it's it's been fun to watch, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And the main thing, and this is something that we already assumed in the offseason, just based on the personnel changes they've made, is the speed and physicality. They're so much more athletic at yeah. every level. They got younger, man. Well, they were yeah, one like, of the oldest rosters in the league to like one of the youngest rosters in the league yeah, in the span of man. two off seasons. And speaking of youth, how about Brian Cook, man? He played a lot on Sunday. How about that pass breakup in the end zone from the rookie? I mean, it's truly amazing how much production they're getting from these these rookies. And already, like we're not even halfway through the season yet. And obviously you're going to have McDuffie back. And Court Loftus is one of the top 10 guys in pressure rate I saw today on the timeline. He hasn't got a sack yet, but he's still getting a lot of pressure and making plays. He had that nice tackle for loss when he went, uh, just shredded through that guy and just made that play for a three-yard loss. So they're getting a lot of production out of these young guys, and that was the thinking. When you trade a Tyreek Hill, you free up cap space, get some draft capital, and so far, Brett Veach is hitting. (laughs) 
With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Absolutely. 47 snaps for Brian Cook. That was 73% on the defensive snaps. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe that. <laughs> let's, let, let's go on wax really quick. Uh, we want to give a, a, a hot take for the rest of the regular season. Y'all can hold us to this. Serta's going to clip these. And we're going to make sure that these <laughs> we're held accountable for these these hot takes. This is right up your alley, Mister Skip, uh, Mister Skip Bayless, Mark Gunnels. <laughs> I'll go first, man. And, and I okay. teased it a little bit earlier. Um, we're talking about Chiefs running backs and how balanced this offense has been. Uh, I, I'm going to put on my Ceh cape on real quick. Can I do that? Yeah, go ahead, man. My hot take is, and this is, may not even be a hot take. I think he goes over a thousand scrimmage yards and double digit double digit touchdowns. And I think when I say double digit touchdowns, it could be more in the teens. And when I say that, I I, I I'm of course thinking that he's going to be healthy. But when I I say that, I mention the role that he has shown in this offense. Kansas City has said previously, and I've said this previously on this platform, uh, that they not only see Clyde as a running back, but they see him as one of the best football players. Uh, on their team and uh, Kansas City to me has found a way to mold what he does well with what they try to do uh, I, I think about that fourth down play in the Tampa game that really hurt didn't didn't come back to hurt you in the end because you won so well and were playing so well offensively but that exemplifies what they want to do with Clyde they want to get him out in space uh, they want to use him on first and second down uh, he's going to be in there with Pacheco and Pacheco is going to have a role but uh, with Clyde already having five touchdowns through four games after only having six last year, I think double-digit touchdowns is absolutely a lock. And then the 1,000 scrimmage yards, while it might be skewed more to his passing game work, I still think he hits that. So that's my that's my on wax. Is that really a hot take? I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like a five alarm fire. If it's a hot come take on, man, that's because a cop out, bro. Even, he already has like five this, touchdowns. <laughs> even this, even well, I said teens. I said well, teens, you said double digits I'll, at first. Okay, so, I, I'll say okay. team. Hold, hold me to teens. And and even this, last time the, the Chiefs played the Raiders, uh, that whole logo stomp game, it was December 12th of 2021. Clyde had two rushing touchdowns in that game. Uh, and that was the last time these two teams faced off. I think the double-digit touchdowns, I mean, teens. Put, put, put me at 13-14, and I, I'm still feeling confident about that. All right, guys. You know Aaron is a real company man. He's gonna give you the PC answers. Oh my god! You know I'm gonna give you guys a real hot take. I'll give you guys the real. That's what I'm here for. Uh, You know I'm not here wearing a suit and tie every day, man. So I'm 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 unbuttoned. I'm on on the beach. (laughs) Unbuttoned. I'm on the beach with with no shirt on. We know, dog. That shirt be way too unbuttoned. That's the problem. (laughs) You need to button it back up. All right. Here's my hot take. So when Willie Gay. And it's going to start, like, okay, let me preface this. This 
hot take starts when Willie Gay and Trent McDuffie are both back together. So I don't know if that's going to be in two weeks, three weeks. I'm not sure about McDuffie. We know about Willie Gay. So whenever they're back on the field together, from that point on, this Chiefs defense will be top five in fewest points allowed from that point on when they're both back. What if we don't get that, Mark? Are you talking about my? You talking about my take? What do you mean if we don't get that? McDuffie's coming back. What about the? Okay, so you're saying with those two back? Yeah, from that point on, from that whatever the week that is, they'll be top five in fewest points allowed as a defense. What gives you? What gives you confidence? Speak. Expand on your point a little bit. Well, I mean, they're already. I'm not exactly sure their rank, honestly, right now. I haven't looked it up, but I would imagine they're in the top half of the league for sure, and uh, fewest points allowed already. And considering you have this offense, I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on other teams. And, you know, when when teams get out their game plan, like obviously you want to run the ball, milk the clock, keep Mahomes off the field. But if you get down 14, 21 points, you got to, you know, rip the script apart and things can go haywire for you, right? Because now you're going out of character. And not to mention, like I said before, Trent McDuffie is their best corner in my mind. So now you bring everybody back into their natural position. And, you know, Jalen Watson or Fenton will have to split some time as well. And then, obviously, Willie Gay. He's their most athletic linebacker. He's the best at covering tight ends. And he's the guy, obviously, Bolton has the green dot. But Willie Gay, to me, just from an athletic standpoint, just brings the defense to a whole nother level because you can put him anywhere on the field. So considering those two guys coming back and what they've already done without them, I don't see why they can't be top five and fewest points allowed once they both come back. And not to mention the pass rush. I mean, they're one of the top teams right now in pressure rate. So with those guys back, I think it's going to be even better because now you bring everybody back into a natural spot so you don't even have to blitz as much. The Chiefs PR staff has the Chiefs at allowing 24 points per game, which would have them as 20th currently. Mark says, when quarterback Trent McDuffie and Willie Gay it's are back skewed, The last game skewed those numbers, man. Well, I mean, I'm just going based on yeah, what you said. I know, you know, I know. We can't put, we're going to put a qualifier No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying though, the, la- the last game really skewed those numbers, but it's all good. That's our on wax, our hot takes for the rest of the year. CEH, who is the Chiefs leading point scorer right now. I got him going over a thousand scrimmage yards and double digit touchdowns. I put that in the teens. Mark has top five defense when McDuffie and Gay are back on the field for Kansas City. Let's talk Chiefs Raiders Monday night. Man, we're flying through the show. Uh, Serta asked very point blankly when we were putting together the the rundown. He's like, "How can Vegas win this game? Especially considering how these teams have looked through four games." So very, I mean, just blatantly, can't can Vegas win this game, Mark? I mean, any team can win a game. So Look I'm not at you. Gonna... you. You've learned. You've learned from your Bengals game. From your Bengals game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Anyway, um, yeah, of course they can win the game. I mean, of, yeah, they're playing the game. They're professionals. Will they? Of course not. I mean, but if you want to, you know, I'll play devil's advocate and say how can they win this game? They'll have to win the turn- turnover battle by at least a plus three. Uh, Mahomes have to throw some interceptions, some fumbles, some weird stuff happen. And then obviously their offensive line would have to hold up, which I'm very skeptical about because they do have playmakers. You got Devontae Adams, obviously, Darren Waller. I would imagine that Hunter Renfro comes back this week. I saw that he was a, a limited practice guy, I believe, I saw today. Don't quote me on that, but I think I saw that. 
But anyway, I think he'll be back regardless, especially with it being on Monday, an extra day to prepare. So, I mean, the offense does have potential. They really do. But to me, uh, the Chiefs are just c- clearly a better team all around. Raiders fans are already thinking about who's going to replace Derek Carr next year. It, it's, it's really bad over there. And their defense, I mean, that secondary is maybe one of the worst in the league. They do have Max Crosby, who is a threat. So, I mean, you know, if you get Max Crosby, get a strip fumble on Mahomes, which is possible, you know, get some momentum, then, you know, anything can happen. But I think for the most part, this offensive line showed last week against a better D-line that they're capable of holding up and then some. And I think the Chiefs will be able to run the ball on this team as well. So, yeah, I think it's going to be ugly. I really do. But, uh, yeah, for the Raiders to win, they'll have to at least get three to four turnovers, and they can't turn the ball over themselves. It does feel like these two teams are on different planes, and it has felt like that, I guess, as long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have been playing together in the in the AFC West, man. Uh, two stats from Chiefs PR department since becoming head coach of the Chiefs in 2013, Andy Reid 15-3 against the Raiders, while quarterback Patrick Mahomes is 7-1 against the Raiders since becoming the starter in 2018, and we know Mahomes is 22-3 and against the division. Prime time Monday night. We know these teams have had bad blood in the past. I mean, it's a game the Chiefs should win, but we've come in on we've come in on weeks after we said uh, on the pod that it's a game the Chiefs should win, and we're trying to figure out what happened. I don't think that happens this time. Yeah, I mean, and I guess you could also throw the angle of would the Chiefs be looking ahead for the Buffalo game? You know, you know, people could, you know, spin that narrative. I don't think that's going to be an issue just because it's a divisional game. And we know how much emphasis this team puts on winning the division first. Right. Because that's the first step, winning the division, getting the playoffs and then you go from there. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think they're going to come in very focused. Obviously, they beat them twice last year in both blowout fashions. And I think Patrick Mahomes is really a petty guy. You know, I think he still remembers the whole them riding around on the bus two years ago in Arrowhead. I think that's something he's never going to let go. So I think anytime he sees that Raiders logo, especially when they come to Arrowhead, it's going to be a little extra juice on it. And not to mention, you know, (laughs) you know, there's a record he can get right, Aaron. (laughs) You you heard about that, right? Which one? Uh, Where he could pass Troy Aikman. Mm, I didn't see. I didn't. You know, it's hard to keep up. It's kind of like the offensive player of the week award. I'm like, it's so many Mahomes records. Uh, yeah. I almost get numb to it a little bit. I know. I wonder how y'all feel about that. It feels like every week. There's oh yeah, for sure. But there's an interesting spin here because do you remember when Troy Aikman kind of threw a shot at Mahomes a couple years ago before he won his first ring? He was like, "Talk to me when he wins." 33% of my rings or something like that. Bro, anybody that has taken a slide at Mahomes, yeah. you, have, you have them on like you have them on like a voodoo darling or no but, sit, no, but listen, but listen. So if he throws for four touchdowns on Monday, he will pass Troy Aikman already on the all-time list. And Troy Aikman is calling the game. Oh, so it's gonna be it's gonna it's it's ultimate pettiness. And his his trainer, Bobby, tweeted yesterday, hi Troy. I'm just saying. Bobby be going crazy, little kid. Yeah, <laughs> he be saying what Patrick Mahomes can't say. <laughs> <laughs> you need one of those people because you just be tweeting out just anything. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. We got to defend Fifteen's honor, man. Oh Lord, since we're in Vegas already, how about we head down to the casino real quick and check in on how you did? How about we week? not, Aaron? Yeah. Can, we skip, can we skip this part? Can we skip this part? <laughs> 
Vegas Report is here. We'll touch in on that quickly before taking your audience questions. We uh, see a couple of hands up in the audience. We appreciate making y'all part of the show. And if you got a question, throw your hand up and we'll try and work you in. We're in Vegas. So let's check in on what Mark's picks are. He only gave one pick last week because he copped out. But we talked to Serta. We talked to Pete. We got that ironed out. He's got three for today. We getting out of that. That's not happening. His pick for last week. Was the game under? The under was 45. And that Dude, the was, Chiefs almost got that by themselves. Yeah, that was, I think, done in the first half with a combined 72 points on Sunday Night Football. So that makes Mark 5 for 5 on the season. He's an even 500. He's got three picks for us right now. I'm writing them down. And this is going to get us to 8 and 5 on the year, Mark. I can feel it. Yeah, so, Aaron, you know, okay, I started off hot. I was on a high after week one, man. You, was, you thought you thought yeah, you were I, invincible, really? Did. I thought it was easy, man. I thought it was easy, bro. I really did. I really did. So I got some humble pie. But you know what? I'm still at 500. So I'm I'm 0 and 0, right? It's a fresh slate. The first quarter's over. Hands to the second quarter. So I'm good, Aaron. You believe me? I don't. I'm not betting with you. But, oh, uh, I'm wow. sure someone. I'm sure someone is. But you said you'll at least give me to the midway point. The the judge didn't you say that? A five and five is not bad. And really, I've liked some of your picks. I even was, I mean, I said last week I kind of liked that pick. Yeah, nobody saw that coming, man. But uh, anyway, so my picks for this week, I got three since I've been bullied into giving three. I have the Chiefs covering at set minus seven and a half. I already talked about the game. I just think it's just that they're, they're just on a different level, man. They just really are. I think they're going to cover that spread. I think they win by at least two touchdowns in this game. I think it gets ugly. So Chiefs minus seven and a half. I'm taking the over this week, Aaron, on the total points at 51 and a half. I think the Chiefs could score close to 40 again. And if they do that, I think the Raiders will at least get 17 to 20 points. So that that hits over 51 and a half. And then I'm taking also the team total for the Chiefs over at 30 and a half. I think that's really low considering what they did last week against a much better defense. I, I, I can't imagine them not scoring over 30 against the Raiders at home. So I think third, that's my favorite play, honestly, is the Chiefs team total over at 30 and a half. So Chiefs minus seven and a half, total points over 51 and a half, and the Chiefs team total over 30 and a half. We got to stop the bleeding a little bit, man. Is this, is this what we needed? Is this the... I'm, I'm at least going two and one. I feel really, really good about these plays. I feel really, <laughs> what, what's, what's your opinion on my plays? I like them. Two and one is a fair assessment. You've been humbled and uh, you learned a couple lessons. It's, it's a long season. This is only week five, Mark, and you're uh, and you're five and five. So just just hang in there, buddy. It'll be all right. <laughs> let's let, let's give one serious announcement before we take our audience questions. And it actually has to do with our audience itself. Uh, Mark said he saw this one coming for a little bit, but uh, um, this is what I'll say. We are for our main show, Chiefs Coast to Coast here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We are transitioning back to video platforms. So you will be able to watch the show and see our faces. You'll be able to see me react. You'll be able to see Mark Scraggle without a hairline and that beard looking all messed up. You'll be able to see the whole show that way, the the way you normally do uh, uh, at this time. Was it Wednesdays at 6? You can go on Arrowhead Pride. There will be a feed there. So we will no longer be doing the traditional spaces. And it, it, it's tough. It was something we battled with for a while. We love the interactive part of the show, and we want to keep that. 
There will be ways to comment on Twitter and be able to make y'all part of the show. That makes the reviews very important uh, uh, so we can make y'all part of the show and that kind of thing. But officially starting next week, we will be transitioning back to video. We did a, a, a few of our first episodes on video, Mark. I know I know this hurts you, man, because you're you're Mr. Spaces. Well, you know, I mean, I don't mind showing my face. You know, I'm a pretty good looking person. Oh, gosh, so, here we go. You no, know, I'll make sure I have the beard looking right. You know, oh, the, gosh. The hairline looking crisp, you know. So it's all good, man. I think ultimately this is a good thing. I think, and, and another reason that this is happening behind the scenes is, you know, you should follow Arrowhead Pride on all your social media pages. That They use that video uh, on Instagram, on TikTok, the reels. They want to use that video and repackage it so that people can find us on other platforms. And I like that. It's going to sound better. You know, Spaces has had their issues with uh, sound quality sometimes and Mark getting calls. But I- I'll commit to this. I know Mark is committed to this, but I'll commit to this for, for, the, for the OG listeners and the listeners that are, that are hurt by the move. Let's do some informal faces, man. It, it won't be as buttoned up. We won't have a list. We won't. It won't be. It won't be for the podcast feed necessarily. But if you're still rocking with us and still like the whole spaces vibe, well, Mark and I will pop up and do some uh, some kickbacks with with the family here. Yeah, I'm down for that. You know, I'm you know I'm always in space. So, Lord of mercy, we know. I, I can't believe you agreed to this. I I, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the questions, man. What's up, Mr. Hamilton? How you doing, bro? What's going on, y'all? What's going on? Um, yo, yo. Uh, real quick, Aaron, I told you when you came to Mizzou game, <laughs> I'll pop back up on, on the on the spaces on you. Uh, I'm, glad you, you, I'm we, glad you mentioned it. I'm glad you mentioned it because we hadn't had a chance to talk Mizzou, Georgia yet. Uh, we can get to that. I, I'll ask my question first. My sure. question uh, for this game is, considering how you know porous – the Raiders' offensive line is, and how like it just seems like most teams can get after Derek Carr. How many sacks do you think? Uh, do you think the front seven at least can force? I would love to see a three sack game from Kansas City. That's usually what I'm going for uh, when I'm going into when I'm asking for a defensive line to impact uh, a game. If it's three sacks, if it's hurries, if it's pressures, moving Derek Carr off his spot, keeping their offense off schedule. All of that. But if I want Kansas City to win this one in prime time and I'm asking for the defense to make strides forward, I want to see Karloftis get his first sack. I want to see Chris Jones continue to be an impact uh, on the interior. If I had to put a number, I would say three, but I think pressures are just as valuable. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I think they can get four or five in this game because I'm assuming because we saw Josh Jacobs look really good last week. But based on what I've seen so far, this Chiefs defense. They're stifling against the run. I mean, Jonathan Taylor didn't even do anything against them. He's arguably the best running back in the league. So if they give the ball to Josh Jacobs on early downs, I envision them being in a lot of third and longs, obvious passing situations where the defensive line can obviously pin their ears back and go after the car without any threat of the run at all. So, yeah, I think they get, I'm going to say, give me four. I'm going to say four, four sacks. That sounds that sounds about right. Um what about Frank Clark real quick? Do y'all think he's been playing somewhat better? I feel like he's been all right this year. Uh, and I and I definitely wanted them to, to let him go in the offseason. So how do y'all think he's played? And do you think he's going to get one of those sacks? You, you can take that first, Aaron. Yeah, I like the way Frank does look. And I actually was – it was weird. People were showing, like, Brady Mahomes old video. And, like, you see Frank from, like, even a year or two ago. And you just can tell the difference. He looks much more explosive this year. Obviously, he had the sack in Indianapolis – um, but 
I, I've liked the way that Frank has looked and just his impact on Karloftis and bringing him along and being a guy that's willing to to say the right things and do the right things. And, and you're talking about me. My first article on arrowheadpride.com was the, the Chiefs should cut bait with the shark, but uh, they've kind of made me eat those words and shown that even if the production numbers necessarily aren't there, you asked me if I get a sack this week, I don't know. Uh, even if he doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet every week, his impact in the locker room is felt and you're, and you're counting on him making a big play when it counts. Oh, yeah. And then I'll say this, too, like kind of what you alluded to. Uh, you know, a lot of casual fans look at sack numbers, and if he's not getting the sacks, they're like, oh, he's not playing that good. But if you really look at it, he's doing a good job against the run, setting the edge, he's getting a lot of pressures. He looks a lot faster. Obviously, he's leaner. So, yeah, I think he's playing well. Um, I'm not mad at all. You know, obviously, you want to see a few more sacks here, but I think he's doing a good job for the most part. And uh, before we get to man, myth, legend, let's kind of touch on college for a quick second, man. Uh, Mizzou, I ain't going to lie, man. I can't even troll you guys. I was really surprised surprised that it was a competitive game. You guys honestly could have won that game. I mean, you guys really handed it kind of to Georgia. Um, Obviously, I was surprised by the offensive production. I still want to see Luther Burden get involved more. But the defense, man, I mean, they were flying around. I think a couple things. I will say immediately after the game, you know, post game and everything, and I'm kind of walking back to the car, I was a little moral victory-ish. And I was like, you know, we could hang somebody in the country. But that was a a missed opportunity. Like, long story short, you not only were competing with them, but um, you know, you should have won that game. There was a lot of threes. Uh, obviously, kicker Harrison Mavis, and this isn't a Mizzou chat. I, I, know, <laughs> I don't want to like scare off our Chiefs fans, but your kicker going oh, no, five. We're going to get the other team that people love too. Your kicker five for five is good, but you ideally want those to be sevens instead of threes. And I think if Mizzou had gotten more sevens instead of threes, they smothered Georgia out a little bit earlier than it ended up being. They let them hang around, and uh, the more talented team won in the end. I would like to see how they continue to compete in the SEC, but overall, my takeaway is a missed opportunity. So, Aaron, see, here's where you're mistaken. Nobody's going to get mad because there's multiple teams in in the area. So we're going to touch on Mizzou, and I'm going to touch on Kansas real quick. So everybody's happy. Oh, and by the way, small shout-out to Kansas State, too. I I see you. Yeah, way to cover your bases there. But uh, how about those 19th-ranked Kansas Jayhawks, man? 19th rank. They're going to have their third straight sellout this weekend. College game day is going to be in Lawrence. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? I, I, I'm hanging back. This one. I'm in the studio this Saturday. Ah, you're not going to be there for college game day? Nah, I'll, let, ah. I'll, I'll let y'all have it, man. Okay. But yeah, top 25 matchup. TCU just smoked Oklahoma. That was crazy. So... If KU can win this game, because TCU is actually favored by seven in Lawrence. So Vegas definitely expects them to win this game. But if KU can win this game, they're 6-0 heading into Norman next week. So, hey, man, shout out to them Jayhawks. I have, but, watched uh, a lot of, I have watched a lot of Kansas. Their defense is not getting enough credit. Their offense is nice. Their offense can score, but it goes through lulls. Their defense needs to get some love as well over there in Lawrence. No, 100%. All right, what's up, man, Myth Legend? We got you now. Hey, what's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Hey, Yo. Bro, how about them Jayhawks, first of all? Oh, gosh. Hey, man, you know, they taking care of business. I think I think our uh, our offenses from the other side is, you know, they just relaying the message to each other, man. If you ask me, I hear scoring. 
But um, in all seriousness, though, um, I was looking at the snap count. I'm always a big fan of seeing that. And um, I seen that Jody and Sky played 23 and 22 snaps, and Brian Cook ended up playing 47 snaps, so I was a big fan of that. Um, so my question is to you guys for the small, short, short-term improvement, uh, what would you guys want to see um, as far as next week against the Raiders? Because, I mean, me personally, I would love to see a touchdown from Juju or, or MVS eventually, um, most likely this week, but how you guys feel? So I'll start off with this, and I must say, Aaron, you know me, man. I get giddy. I start smiling. I get happy when I see certain things that I ask for. And I've been tweeting religiously, unlock Sky more. And <laughs> when I was watching the game, I actually thought he played more than the actual snap count showed. Because I think he was only, what, 19 snaps, I think, or 17, something like that. And it felt like he was out there much more than that. Maybe because the game got ugly and he was out there when the game was still, you know, I guess competitive or it was still a chance that Tampa Bay could have came back. So I was excited. He got two catches. He's really good at yards after catch as well. I've noticed that. He doesn't really go down very easily. Obviously, you know, I've been raving about his route running and his uh, ability to get open really quickly, his hands. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that, and uh, hopefully his snaps go up week by week. And uh, Juju, man, he catches everything. You know, there's a hashtag that's getting started right now. Shout out to Lexi and the crowd. Juju catches everything. He doesn't get that many targets, but when he does, he catches it, man, and he's very physical. He doesn't go down at first contact either. He's not flashy, but he's that guy that's a chain mover. He's on pace for now. I did the math. He's on pace for about 80 catches, 960 yards. Obviously, he has no touchdowns right now, but we're not going to say he's on pace for zero touchdowns. We'll at least give him, what, five or six. So I think he's doing his job, man. I'm excited. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> That's all you got? <laughs> yes, sir. I'm ready for this next guy. This is my boy, Larry. He always <laughs> listens to the pod and has been waiting to come up and have his moment. What's good, my guy? What's good, guys? I appreciate it. Long time listener, first time speaker. Can y'all hear me? I'm in the car right now. Oh, we yes, got sir. you. We got you loud and clear. Perfect, perfect. Uh, you know, I'm a Chiefs fan myself. I went to Mizzou. So I just wanted to, uh, I listened to you guys religiously. So just wanted to shout both of y'all out for that. Um, but my question really is around, you know, the Chiefs uh, offense in general. You know, um, I definitely believe that the Tyreek Hill uh, departure is leading to more uh, leading to more bad decisions and leading to more uh, trouble, if you would say, especially offensively. Uh, the Chiefs offense has been ridiculously inconsistent the first four weeks, uh, especially as we start developing towards the end of the year with the better teams like the Bills, the Ravens. Uh, what do you guys expect to see there? You know, I definitely, you know, I, Appreciate the juju love. You know, the lack of uh, physical offensive run game is, is something that's huge, especially with uh, so many physical receivers on the outside. Just curious what you guys see, especially from the offensive end, since we're seeing so much inconsistency with the Chiefs that we really haven't seen before. Mark, what you think? You want to go first or you want me to take it? Oh, that's your guy. You take it first. That's your guy. Uh, the Chiefs have shown us this Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, side of them before. I mean, last year, if you think back to 2021, it was 
the turnovers. It seemed like they would they would be on an eight, nine play drive, and then all of a sudden turnover kills it, and you can't get the momentum back again. Um, when you think of the Chiefs at their at their best, you think week one and week four. When you think of the Chiefs at their worst, you think Indianapolis. And um, you know, I think of the phrase they're on scholarship too, but we can't talk enough about how tough this schedule is through through eight weeks. And you mentioned playing against tougher teams like the Bills uh, and, and the Buccaneers and, and some of these teams that not only made the playoffs last year but will contend again. Uh, I think Kansas City has shown that while there are a lot of new faces and it's not going to look perfect at all times because it didn't look great in Tampa at some points in the second half, uh, their, their game is still better than their opponent's game. Does, it, does that work? Yeah, and I think the word inconsistent is not fair. I don't really feel that way. I mean, week one, they scored 44 points. Week two, you're going against the Chargers, and they always typically have those type of games against the Chargers because obviously division opponent, both teams know each other very well. And from a talent standpoint, that's probably the most talented defense they're going to play all year. And they had everybody back that game. They had both for that game. They had J.C. Jackson that game. So I, I don't really look at that as a struggle. I give that more credit to the Chargers defense and them knowing the, the Chiefs. So that was kind of a game I just, you know, you just chalk up to good competition. And then week three, I mean, <laughs> if you if Kelsey catches that touchdown, that's 24 points, assuming the extra point is made, and they missed the field goal that should have been made, that's 27 points, and they did a fake field goal. So, I mean, if they – kick both those field goals and make it and Kelsey catches that touchdown that's 30 points so I I don't really think they struggled like people are making it seem to be in that game I think there's a lot of weird stuff that happened and you know it's the NFL stuff like that happens sometimes and then obviously on a Sunday to score 41 points so I think they've been pretty good man I think they've been pretty good they're second in points scored uh, amongst all teams right now trailing the Lions which is kind of funny that Detroit's up there so I think they're fine uh, the last question we got Timothy here. What's up, bro? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Hey, I'm doing good, man. How about you? I'm good. I'm good, man. Just a quick question. Now, I know that the defense, the defense, been doing a whole lot better, a whole lot better. But I just feel like okay, we got one thing kind of solved into running, which they've been a problem for years for us. Now, with this pass rushing, I just feel like we need like something like a, a piece they can add into the middle beside Chris Jones. Like maybe add the Dominican Sue or somebody, you know, somebody that can kind of like and free up Chris Jones. Cause I, I feel like we can have somebody just like when we added Melvin Ingram in the midst, you know, the kind of passing pass was led. It was kind of like helping us out when we added that veteran piece to it. So I just wanted to know what y'all think about that. Yeah, so the Sue thing to me is weird, the fact that he's still a free agent. I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. I thought he definitely would have been signed by now, so I don't know about that. But besides him, I'm not really sure how you're going to find that answer right now. I mean, it still could be in-house. I mean, I think Colin Saunders shows flashes. Uh, Mike Dana's obviously had a a little injury he's dealing with, so – you know, I, I think um, I think they're okay for right now. Obviously, you can get better. Obviously, if you add like a Sue, I mean, that would be pretty crazy, right? But I don't know if he even wants to play football anymore because the fact he's not signed really makes no sense to me. Yeah, I've actually been encouraged by what Kansas City has done through through four weeks. I think back to some of our pods during the summer 
uh, before they brought in a Carlos Dunlap uh, about where the sacks were coming from for this, this this defense. So far, they've got 11 through four weeks, which is far outpacing what they've done last week. I hope I didn't uh, mess that reading up. But, um, you know, you think of what Snead has given them on the edge and, and his strip sacks, and um, they've had pressure. I, I, I wouldn't say that pass rush and, and adding a pass rusher is their biggest need as far as going out right now. Uh, and, and then, like Mark says, once you really start to see them at their at their fullest potential with a, a Willie Gay back out there from suspension and the Trent McDuffie off IR, uh, and you give these uh, rookies a few more game reps and a few more game experiences, uh, maybe there's a little bit more bend off the edge and that kind of thing. But if if anything, I'm I'm ending the show with a yellow light as far as the pass rush is concerned. It's it's fine. You got anything else for us, man? You good, bro? It's kind of crazy. I mean. It's- 55 minutes on the last bases. It's not the last bases, but you, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You like Will Smith at the end of the Fresh Prince episode. You want to look around real quick before we get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. Rick gets to go. Adios. See y'all next week.